Thank you. I didn't notice them. I can look at you again. How are you enjoying the conference? Can't hear. Okay. This, this conference has just been really awesome for me. I hope you found the same. Um, I think they planned everything beautifully. And there's just some things we're not in charge of. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, well, we're not in charge of the lights, the heat, the, you know, just the way it is. There's one. There it goes. Okay, we're going to begin now, even as um, the lights are being worked on. Okay. Um, welcome to the Young As You Feel, Aging Over 50 in OA workshop. My name is Ellie. I'm a compulsive overeater and your moderator for this meeting. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference that will not mind be done. This is a challenge, so please bear with me. Okay, um, before we get started, please shut all cell phones or other electronic devices that will eat, <laughs> except I have to read this. If I didn't, we, we'd be guessing about it. There you go. And, and the Lord said, let there be light. We, we remind you that this session is being taped. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Standing ovation. We remind you that this session is being taped, and all speakers must sign the release form if you haven't done so. Okay. To protect our anonymity, no photograph, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. The format of this session is as follows. We'll have three speakers. They will speak for 18 minutes each, followed by questions from the floor until the end of the session. The topic for the session is Young As You Feel, Aging Over 50 in OA. The following is a reading from Lifeline Sampler, page 221 and 222. A few months ago, I realized I would soon be having a birthday, and the age I would be turning 
was not pleasant to contemplate. Suddenly, and it felt like overnight, I was feeling different about certain aspects of my life that had not been a problem before. Thanks to this program, I have a way to make it through this season of my life and whatever others lie ahead. I thank God for this wonderful fellowship and for each person who touches my life. I would hate to go through life without them. Our first speaker is Seppi. So don't swear. <laughs> Morning. I'm Seppi, compulsive overeater. Hi. Hi. Um, I thought long and hard about what to say on this topic, and um, I'm 51, and turning 50 really was pretty non-eventful for me, because what I, one of the things um, I've been abstinent for 26 years, so a greater half of my life has been spent abstinent, and I remember one of the things that I learned was um, my first Thanksgiving dinner, uh, Thanksgiving event. And I I really learned it's just a Thursday. And that's one of the fundamental things you learn in OA. Thanksgiving is just a Thursday. My meal can't be different. And I've learned that in so many things that it's just another day, it's just another meal, it's just another whatever, that 50 is just another year. That's, that really is what it was of now. That's the first part of it. So I didn't freak out in, in the fundamental sense. But, of course, you're taught over and you hear over and over again, 50, 50, 50. So I can't say that I was happy to get my AARP card. But at the same time, um, I'm in a situation where I come across so many friends and people I know younger than me who have terminal diseases and I feel right, I'm really clear that it's a blessing to be here and onwards. So that's number one. Number two, um, I come from a culture, I, ra- I was raised in a culture where, at least for women, they continue to be sexy way past 50. So that I, I, that's another thing that I bring to the table, for better or for worse. But, it, you know, I also have all the neuroses that they don't have as because I'm a compulsive overeater first and foremost more than anything else. But the thing that has helped me with that, as I said, it's, it's just another day. It's just another um, event, and you just enjoy it. And I also very, very fundamentally believe that in this program, I have seen so many miracles that defy conventional wisdom in health and career in <clears throat> keeping our weight off, which by rights, you know, what is it? The fi- only 5% of any addiction, people continue to be successful in beating the addiction. So right from the get-go, we're defying stats. So any limitation that I put or I put on myself or I hear others put on, my, on me as it relates to being 50, I firmly believe it does not apply. When you're working, and maybe I'm just deluding myself, but when you work these 12 steps, day after day, I go in and I hear some frigging miraculous thing that you just don't hear anyplace else. You just don't. You do some really simple things and all sorts of things that you just don't hear outside of these, uh, these doors happen for you. So I firmly believe that. Now, some of the things that did happen, and I, I know somebody just mentioned, gave me a very good tip about what to talk about, and that, those are the physical changes that happen in 50. Um, 
I've all, you know, I've, um, my background is I was a ballerina, so I've always been very focused on body. My period of being overweight was probably just 10 years of my life, uh, 12 years of my life, from 12 to 20, from 13 to 25 when I found OA. That's my period for playing with, uh, not playing with, taking comfort in food. So that's the only time that I became fat, and then I became anorexic, and then I became fat again. But I was a, you know, I, I don't have childhood obesity stories to share. I was a ballerina and, a, and an athlete. I was going somewhere, and I just totally lost my thoughts. So there's a symptom. There was, there was really a point to this, and I just totally lost it. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So it's always been a focus. The body has always been a focus. If you're a ballerina, you know that they, you just start off with not having a realistic um, understanding and relationship with your body. Um, so it's very, I've been very, very focused on my body. There have been so many people I've heard in the meetings that have lost weight, and they were at peace with their body, whatever size it was in. And I so envied that, and that's what I aspired to. So I have one of those abstinences where I've been a friggin' nutcase from, the, from the, my entire abstinence. My darling friend, Terrell, always tells me that I suffer from sepiitis. So the minute I start talking about my thighs or my ass, it goes, oh, there goes sepiitis again. But what happens at 50 is I really, and the fear and the, the self-centered fear that we hear about all the time, there's a very tangible thing that I felt for me that, you know what, I've lived half of my life in fear, whatever the fear du jour is. I just, I, I just could not stomach the idea of the second half of my life being riddled with fear. The big book is very clear. It's the fabric, our fab, the fabric of our being is shot through with it. And, uh, you know, every iota of mine is. But you just kind of, I've just kind of felt like there's got to be a better way than, of living than this. It very clearly says God wants me to be happy, joyous, and free. And I have at least half of my life with very concrete examples of how God has done for me uh, much better than I could have for myself. So I'm going to really try to take advantage and just, my goal is not anything lofty other than if I feel fear, I'm just going to say screw it and deal with it. I can't do it anymore. Now, that can be fear of weight, that can be fear of work, that, of financial insecurity, of health, whatever. I don't know how much of it is because I have, you know, half of my life has been abstinent. I don't know how much of it is age, but there's something very fundamental that happened that we're not going to do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And I hope for anyone who's been abstinent uh, when they were younger than me that they learn to trust, fundamentally trust God. Um, sooner than I did. As far as what happens with the body, uh, yeah, okay, so I've all, as I, oh, that's where I was going. I've always been athletic, dancer, athlete. So yeah, metabolism slows down. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. And I don't know if it's because metabolism slows down or because um, I've been doing the same exercise for the last 20 years and according to conventional wisdom, you need to mix it up and it just doesn't work to do the same thing. Yep, acceptance is the answer to all of my problems. 
And, you know, in that regards, I'm not exempt from the laws of nature. And that's the other thing. Part of my recovery is understanding that the rules that apply to everyone else apply to me as well. I just don't want them to. The laws of physics, I ought to be exempt. You know, I'm abstinent. I'm putting God first. I'm helping other people as far as I'm concerned. Physics, you know, if I want to float, gravity should not hold me down. So same thing. I want to eat what I ate when I was 25 and weigh the same. Not happening, but um, I, it's also not a struggle. Yesterday we got here, and um, probably the last time I was here in this kind of a heat was when I first married my husband seven years ago. And I was miserable. I made everyone else. That's only seven years ago. So if I have 26 years of abstinence, that would have been how many? Oh, okay. So seven years ago when I was here in this kind of heat, I made everyone miserable. And by God, I had to have my dinner. I had to have my oatmeal. That is part of my meal. Now, last night, I... Did not make. I hope I did not make you miserable. Um, there's a much more fundamental acceptance that this too shall pass, and my body naturally did not want oatmeal. I don't know if that's recovery. I don't know if that's age, but I feel. I just feel like. I have, it's just going to be okay. I'm not that insane. I'm not that driven. And without that insanity and the drive to control the food, to control the exercise, it's all taken care of anyway. I do have clothes that I've worn for 25 years. They're disgustingly old, but they fit. And they're a little snugger, you know, but, but I haven't had to throw anything away because it's been tight. I've thrown some things away because it's inappropriate for me to wear at 51 what I wore at 30 or 25. But I, I, I really don't feel any different than I did at 40 other than freer. And I hope at 60 I feel even better than now because I do... I, I'm very conscious of appearances, but something a lot more important is happening on the inside, which I never thought would happen. And it's affecting the food and the weight. And it has to be God, because it's not me. My mom is probably 70-some-odd years old, and she comes here, and I come from a culture that is extremely focused on appearances. So when she comes here, I have to get her, take her shopping. She wants to have Botox. She wants to have Restylane. She wants, she worries about her butt. That's the culture I come from. It's all appearances. And because of this program, not because of anything else, because of this program, only I feel like I have aged gracefully and I'll continue to age gracefully with peace of mind. So I'm not suggesting that, you know, at 100 I'm going to look like now, but I'm suggesting that if I live to be 100, based on what I'm seeing right now, I'll have even more freedom, more peace of mind. By about 15 years into the program, I said, God, if there was a magic pill that I could take, that no matter what I ate, I would never gain weight, would I still continue to go to all way? 
And at 15 years, I said, no, yeah, I'd continue to go to OA because I don't know how to keep my mind quiet. It has nothing to do with my butt or waist anymore. It has to do with the ability to outrun my head. And I've heard, I have 26 years, I've heard people with 36 years, I've heard people with, um, I go to a lot of AA meetings say that the head does not quieten down. So 12 steps have given me the relief from something that runs a lot faster than my mouth. And so that's what I look forward to. At 26 years of, of abstinence, I laugh more. I'm less like this. And I look forward that in 36 of program, I'll laugh even more. And, I, you know, if there had been any way I could have expedited it, I would have. But it takes what it takes. So um, I don't know what else to say other than um, thank you, God. Thank you, the 12 steps of the program. Uh, you, I, I feel like you get so much for so little that is demanded of you. Um, you know, I bitched and moaned about driving down here all the time, the whole week. But it also was not an option not to. It's that simple. That's all I had to do. My, my beloved husband had to drive two and a half hours down, two and a half hours up. It's one weekend. And for that, I get to be able to look at myself in the mirror. And I remember the pain of not being able to look at myself in the mirror. I remember when I used to look at myself and say, wake up and say, I can't believe I just did that. Today, I woke up and I was puffy. And it was puffy from heat. I remember waking up puffy from 5,000 calories the night before, and I just wanted to slit my throat. And no one can help you when you despise yourself that much. And, it, and no one can take it away from you. Nothing can take it away from you when you wake up and you just, you know, it's just heat, and I have that peace of mind. I would not trade that for anything. So very, very little requirement of you, investment of your time, um, for the peace of mind that I never thought I could have. And in the process, I get to wear the clothes that I wore 25 years ago. Don't know what to say. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Seppi. Our next speaker is Jerry. My name is Jerry, and uh, after coming after a 50-year-old, you know, I feel old because I've been, um, I've, uh, I was, I'm the first of the baby boomers. I was born in 1946, and I'm 67 years old. All right. And I have, um, that, that was the year, 1946 was the year that bread was 10 cents a loaf, and that the life expectancy was 62 um, so I've come uh, away from that. I'm, I'm not living in that, um, that era anymore. I came into this program in 1975, and in 1975 is when I began to know myself, and I began to experience God. I experienced God by not taking the first bite, because that's when I knew it wasn't me, and that's when I knew that God was doing for me what I could not do for myself. Uh, and each time that there was a strange mental blank spot, that was God. All those times, because I've been abstinent for 37 years, and all those times that I have, um, thank you, God, give God a hand, because it's not me. Um, uh, and all those times that I could have taken the first bite, and I didn't. 
you know, and that started to happen in 1975. Um, I'm not going to go through my life before OA, but I do have two beautiful daughters, and um, I was in love with Alvis, um, you know, during that time frame, <laughs> and when I was 10, I took, I started taking diet pills, so I went through that whole cycle. Uh, but anyway, after, I, I was in the program for 21 years before I turned 50, and um, turning 50, um, you know, there's a movie, it's, it's called Real Women Have Curves. And in the movie, what I saw on the marquee, real women have curves, they have, um, um, they have, they make mistakes, they have flaws, and they embrace life. And that's exactly what I started to do at age 50. I embraced life with a passion. I went back to school for my master's, uh, and I, I, I lived more passionately. But I also had flaws. I also made mistakes during that period. I, um, I had two daughters, and my mistake was that I was so busy living life and getting to the, you know, waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, getting to the gym at 6 o'clock, and going to work, and then going for my master's, and dancing salsa, you know, that night, you know, some nights, that I forgot. I didn't forget, uh, but I neglected my, my kids. You know, and that's something that, you know, I have to accept. And uh, coming home, I felt like Cinderella with the two mean stepsisters, you know, because they were not happy. Uh, but I was. And so, uh, you know, I'd like to say that in abstinence and in this program, we don't make mistakes, but I did. But I still embraced life. And God did remarkable things. He took care of my kids anyway. Uh, I learned what I could do for them. And the only thing that I could do for them is I could take care of their cat. They moved away, and all I could do was take care of the cat. In um, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, there's a, a story about a man who became uh, sober, and he um, didn't know what to do for his wife. And so he ended up doing the dishes for her because that's all he knew. And that's all I could know to do for my children was that um, because I was out at, at age 50, I was out enjoying life. And all I knew was that I had to learn what I could do for others. So that was um, my, my 50. I'm going through phases of my life here. And, um, but God, and you know, like I say, I neglected my kids, but uh, I was also God took care of them. Uh, during that period of time, I'd get up at 4, I still do, 4.30 uh, now, um, and um, I'd get up at 4, I'd do my prayer meditation, I'd go to the gym, I'd go to work, and then I'd go, go to a class, and then I'd go dancing. And so that's what I did at age 50, you know, and I did that for about, I don't know how many years, maybe 10 years, and um, I was very, um, 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 I was very active. You know, and I was really, in, and I am still enjoying life. At age um, 60, I wanted to have a big celebration because I was so excited to turn 60. And so I had this big party, and um, it was to celebrate a celebration of life because. For, you know, I was like, wow, I'm turning 60, a celebration of life. And I didn't want to wait till I died because that's, that's what they do. They have celebrations of life, and you're dead, you know. And so I didn't, I thought, well, no, I want to be alive, and I want to hear what everybody's going to say about me, you know. So, um, uh, you know, we had a really good time. And, but during the time I turned 60, I started to feel fear. 
I began to fear aging. I would look in the mirror, and mirror, mirror, who's the most beautiful in the, in, in the land or whatever she said, and, you know, Snow White stepmother, not you. You know, I'd look in the mirror, and it wasn't me anymore. And I'm beginning to, you know, I would look in the mirror and um, see my, I was changing. This was age 60. And um, um, I, I had to face the fear that I'm getting old, I'm going to be ugly, and um, nobody's going to love me. And um, I started, and I saw this movie called The March of the Penguins. And there was this one last penguin that was left, and they left him. And he was, like, left there. And I said, oh, I'm going to be like the last penguin. Nobody's going to love me because I'm getting, <clears throat> I'm getting old and ugly. And so um, um, then I remembered the Velveteen Rabbit. And in the Velveteen Rabbit, he was loved so much, and he was worn. And uh, because he was loved, he turned real. And um, the older I get, the more real I become. And when I came in, you know, when I came in the program, I always say, um, my abstinence is an act of God. Not taking the first bite is an act of God. So too is aging. Aging is an act of God. And as I age, God ages with me. The big book tells me that God is deep down within me. And because God is deep down within me, I, uh, God is aging with me. No matter how old I get, God will be here within me. Um, there's, um, uh, there's, um, I do yoga. And uh, there's a term called santosha. And in that term, it says being content with who you are and what you are. And that's what I'm learning to do. Because that was at age 60 that I started to face the fear, the fear of aging. It wasn't fear of death then. Uh, It was fear of aging because I didn't want to be old and ugly and left out. Um, And so, like I say, I had to accept. I have, And and now, uh, at age 65... When I turned 65, I don't know if that was the best year of my life or what, but that 65 was like a whole, I got to retire, and it was like a whole new world opening up to me. When I came in the program, what I learned is that my whole life changed. It was like this whole world was opening up. And I didn't know it at the time. But when retirement hit, you know, I taught for uh, I don't know how many years. I I taught for 23 years. And that was a gift of the program that I had a career. And uh, when um, um, when I retired, I was so happy that my whole life changed. I now could have fun. I could have, I could feel the joy of living just for the fun of it. I could do whatever I want with my time. Um, I'm, I'm glad I went to work because I learned to make my own money and spend it how I saw fit. And I was even more grateful to retire because I can spend my time as I see fit. And uh, that's in service, and it's dancing, and it's um, yoga, and um, it's uh, coming to meetings. And that's what I do with my time. Uh, And my time before program, I used to waste a lot of time counting calories. I used to waste a lot of time getting on the scale. Now I don't waste my time that way anymore. I I use my time to get closer to God. 
I use my time to breathe in God and to do what, um, it's like my life is, is um, a gift. It's, it's a gift from God. And um, my aging is a gift from God. Um, now I'm 67, and um, what I find is that being 67, I have to accept that my life is not going to be forever I can accept the fact that I'm aging, and I don't, I don't look like Snow White or whoever else. I don't know the new movie stars, because so, uh, I don't watch TV, you know. So I just go back to the fairy tales. And um, so anyway, I don't look like Snow White when I look in the mirror anymore. And, um, uh, but what I, what, what I, so I have to accept the fact that um, I'm not going to live forever. There's a Buddhist, um, there's a Buddhist, um, I don't know if it's a saying or one of their beliefs or their principles or whatever, but it says it is of human nature to get old. It is of human nature to grow ill. And it is of human nature to die. You know, so that's what I have to accept. I have to accept that, you know, I'm 67. I don't know how many more years I have left. So what I have is I have a deep, great gratitude to God. You know, I have a gratitude to God that um, um, I get to enjoy health as I age. I get to enjoy health. And I get to enjoy my body that's flawed. Because I'm living a life that I only dreamed of before program. And I never thought that I would get to be 67 and uh, do the things that I, <clears throat> that I do. Um, when I think of, um, um, and, and, it, and in the, um, the AA 12 and 12, it says, um, the here and now is good enough for me, you know. And I've got one, I've got one, um, um, I've got, um, what was I going to say here? Um, I, well, um, yeah, God is allowing me to grow in health, and, my, and I can enjoy my body with flaws. It still has flaws. It always had flaws. You know, I don't know. I have this illusion that, oh, I must have been really good looking when I was 30 years old. You know? No, I looked the way I did. You know, it's an illusion. Um, and like I say, aging, just like not taking the first bite, is an act of God. You know, and the longer I work, the longer I'm in the program, the uh, the more excited I am. Not to get old, but to enjoy each day. Like I say, it is of the nature to die. <clears throat> so I want to enjoy the days I have left. And um, the only way I can do that is by working in the program. Um, as, as I, you know, as I guess because I'm home now more because I'm retired and I'm not that much home. But um, when I, uh, I'm home, so I put stuff places. Then I don't remember where I put them. And one time, I don't know what, what I had lost. And it wasn't my keys and it wasn't my glasses. Um, and so, um, 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 and I couldn't find them. And I always find things. I, they always pop up. Whatever it was I was looking for. I can't remember what it was. But, uh, uh, but whatever it was that I was looking for, I, I couldn't find it. God, I don't want to have those kind of brains where they just, it, it, you know, it starts disappearing. And, um, um, and finally I found it. And I was, oh, God, thank you. I didn't find it in the refrigerator. 
I was really afraid. I was scared. And I was going around the house, please, God, don't let me find it in the refrigerator. I don't, even if I don't find it, just don't let me find it in the refrigerator, you know. And it wasn't. It was in the trash. It had fallen in the trash. But, you know, those are the things that, that, that happen. But, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I, don't, that, I don't, that I can remember what I do remember. Um, that, and now, today, I would say that is even a, 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 biggest, a bigger fear of mine that I don't want to forget, you know. I don't want to forget. Um, um, like I said, what I've learned in the program is to do for others what's important to them. And when I mentioned about my kids, um, they asked me to go up and visit them a couple of months ago. They live in the Bay Area. I live down here. And... Uh, they wanted me to stay for about two weeks. And I said, two weeks? Oh, my God. I said, I don't want to leave Sandy. I don't want to leave my cat. I don't leave my boyfriend. I, no, I don't want to go up there. And so, but I, I, but I said, God, that's really an honor. That's really an honor that my kids think that much of me. Huh. Well, my kids are my kids. And um, they're not kids anymore. Um, anyway, um, they, they wanted me to stay there because they wanted me to babysit their cat. And, you know, um, I would love to say that I did such a wonderful job with my kids and they're sane and everything, but they're not, you know? And so I did. I didn't go for two weeks. I only went for three days. Um, but, um, um, but the, and I did. I walked their cat all the time in the morning. I mean, I, I did for them what they needed me to do. And that's something that no matter how old I get, that's what I learned from the program. You know, I, I could have sent them flowers. I could have sent them money. They didn't want that. What they really, they needed, this is what they needed. So, you know, I remembered that story from the big book, how he washed the dishes for his wife. Um, when, uh, let's see, I think that that's, that's, you know, that's pretty much all I have to say with all these notes. Um, you know, I, like, like I say, I came in the program in 1975. I was, I'm a baby boomer, and I had this mad crush on Alvis during that period of time. And how uh, what I've done is I've, I, I accept the fact that I've made mistakes in my life. And remarkable things happen when God takes care of them. And I grow from them. Um, and um, there's only... And, and, and then... Um, enjoying my life one day at a time. There's a story called Cats, or a play called Cats. And in it, there is an old cat, and her name is Isabella. And Isabella, um, she's, she's really old, and the other cats, I guess, I don't remember what they were doing, giving her dirty looks or something. And she could look around her, and she saw the signs of aging. And uh, she knew it was coming, and she just looked around. And for me, the signs of... No, she said the signs of death. For me, at my age, the signs of death are being irritable, discontent, and restless. Those are the signs of death, because that'll lead to the first bite. And to me, that is death. For me to take the first bite, that would be death. And so um, I see, when I start feeling myself doing the rids, restless, irritable, and discontent, that's a sign that I can take the first bite. I am not exempt from the, from the first bite, no matter how long I abstain. 
and in the um, story, uh, she wa- and the song is, to enjoy my days in the sun, you know, and that's what I want to do. I want to enjoy my days in the sun, and that's why, that's why I keep coming back. It's the only way, the only way. Uh, and all I can say for people that are under 50, it keeps getting better. 50 was wonderful. And 60 was even better. 65 was really great because I retired. And now 67, I'm accepting the things that I can't change. And that's aging. And I feel very blessed that I can age healthily because of my abstinence and this program. That's it. Thank you, Jerry. And our next speaker is Linda. Hi, I'm Linda. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Linda. I'm from Vancouver, BC. So I came with a group of friends. We've come a long ways, and we are thrilled to be here. Um, well, I'm very humbled by the first two speakers. And in fact, I'm even more humbled by by the amount of um, abstinence that are in these rooms at this conference. Absolutely incredible. I am four and a half years uh, abstinent, which, which on the face of it is really good. And it's only one day at a time. And... I keep doing it one day at a time. So I have to look to the women who have come before me and uh, keep carrying their torch one day at a time and keep moving forward in abstinence. So I think I have about 15 minutes now that I've done my little entree. I'm a bit nervous, but I always like to say that anyway. I've taken a few notes. I thought, and it's only one day at a time. And I keep doing it one day at a time. So I have to look to the women who have come before me and uh, keep carrying their torch one day at a time and keep moving forward in abstinence. So I think I have about 15 minutes now that I've done my little entree. I'm a bit nervous, but I always like to say that anyway. I've taken a few notes, I th- and it's only one day at a time. And I keep doing it one day at a time. So I have to look to the women who have come before me and uh, keep carrying their torch one day at a time and keep moving forward in abstinence. So I think I have about 15 minutes now that I've done my little entree. I'm a bit nervous, but I always like to say that anyway. I've taken a few notes.